Hi, sugar. Hi. Oh, that was cute. Oh, thanks. I like being called sugar. Mm. Mm. Okay. Okay. Take note. Mental note. How are you? Well, I just talked to you for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> I take it back. I'm good. I'm excited to give the community this like toolkit of a mm. podcast episode. This is something that you and I have spoken to a lot personally and like in a couple unpackings, but we really haven't had a guest come on and do a deep dive with us. And it's mm-hmm. something that's I've really been unpacking personally and doing a lot of introspection mm-hmm. on recently. So like very aligned timing. Today, we are talking about masculine and feminine energies with Amy Natalie. Her book, by the way, The Feminine Way, is already available for you to buy, which breaks this all down, talks about the different archetypes. It's incredible and so yummy and jam-packed with amazing things. So all of those links Absolutely. will be in the show notes and descriptions. Same thing with her podcast. And I'll tell you a little bit about who she is in a second. But yes, you guys have talked to us a lot about wanting to have more conversations about like a deeper dive into feminine and masculine. I know I've shared a lot when I was single last year and in my dating process. This was a Uh very prevalent theme throughout that. And even just like relaxing into a new relationship, it was really present in my life. Meadow's been wearing a lot of dresses and leaning into that. (laughs) (laughs) healing sex trauma with empowering my feminine energy. No big deal. Mm -hmm. So it's really, it was about time. It was about time. I'm very excited. Let me tell you about who, who we had on. So today, Amy Natalie, Amy Natalie is a woman's empowerment coach and feminine embodiment guide with over a decade of coaching experience. And it shows She specializes in helping women to emerge as the most authentic, confident, and self-expressed versions of themselves. Her mission is to ignite women into their feminine power so they can live a life of freedom, pleasure, fulfillment, and purpose. As a community leader, Amy creates transformational spaces for women to experience radical healing and deep soul connection through her retreats, workshops, events, and group coaching programs. She's also the host of the Feminine Frequency podcast, which has over 500,000 downloads, 275 episodes, and reaches women from all across the globe. And as of November 11th, you can buy her debut book, The Feminine Way, Reclaim Your Feminine Energy to Create a Life of Pleasure, Aliveness, and Vitality. And of course, we just dove deep into all of those topics today. So Mm -hmm. we talked to Amy about, of course, her unpacking and the journey that led her to this work, but then we really broke down what are masculine and feminine energies, how they exist outside of the gender binary. And it's a polarity that's mirrored in nature and the universe and how they exist within each of us and the ways in which we can dance with them. We talked a lot about what it means to feel embodied in your feminine and connecting to that magnetism. We talked a lot about what it means as a partnership and to bring those and do the dance. We talked about for people that are more masculine identifying, how embracing the feminine can be a conduit to their healing. We talked a little bit about like the patriarchy and the rules that women play and kind of like our experiences with this dance and how to lean into it more. We talked about some daily practices. We talked a lot about just like, really doing the nitty gritty of like outlining these concepts out, understanding where in our body we feel both of them, understanding when they feel toxic and when they feel aligned and embodied and understanding the dance in which we can start playing with them, exploring them, doing more self-reflection and kind of like up-leveling our healing by Mm -hmm. having a better understanding of how we can lean into these energies to support what we're trying to do at that time. A lot of identity work in it too. A lot of identity work. A lot of identity work. This is going to be a great one for people to just come back to, kind of dive in deeper. I'm Mm -hmm. sure there's going to be a lot of journaling pings that you can get out of like exploring these topics in this episode. And again, like if you want to go further, listen to her podcast, read her book. Like we're just up leveling, baby. We're up leveling this healing and the self exploration. I'm so honored to have this conversation today. Same. So without further ado, please enjoy today's episode featuring Amy Natalie. That was me being feminine. I'm Meadowlark. And I'm Gabriela. And this is Thoughts May Vary. The podcast that sits at the intersection of mental health, nuance, and community. And we're grateful you're here. And that's me. That's just a little bit about us. Yeah. And. Is that gimmicky <laughs> enough for the people? <laughs> I, I'm telling you, like, the manifestation of this timing is also wild because I just got back from, like, a very witchy Sedona trip with a group of girlfriends. And all we have been talking about is masculine and feminine energies and like sisterhood and leaning back into the feminine and like what that means. Like this is such 
aligned timing. And of yeah. course, we're meeting you through Scout, who we love and adore and knew mm-hmm. we were going to connect right away anyway. But I'm just so excited to dig into this with you. Beautiful. Yeah. Sedona is a pretty magical place. So I'm glad that you've you been. Were able to- yeah. Oh, yeah. That place is like, it feels like a different planet. The rock formations and the energy there is just insane. I told my mother, I was like, the only way to describe it is that my solar plexus is doing a Fibonacci sequence. Like, you just <laughs> feel. Like this like energy. And I was like, I'm such a sleepy girl. I'll sleep all day long if I can. I was sleeping like five, six hours and waking up wired. Wow. I was like ready to go. It's like, I'm telling you the force of energy there. It's a vortex. It's a vortex. I haven't been yet. It's on my list. We're going to take you. It's on my list. Yeah. Yeah, Please do. We'll take you. Anyway, Amy, I'm so excited you're here. I want to dive right into it. Before we get into everything, we ask every one of our guests, what are they unpacking? So you can take Mm. that as like light and fluffy or deep and introspective as you want to go with it. Kind of the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah. I would love to lead with some, something that's been really present for me for the last six months or so. And I would say it's not so light and fluffy, but I think there's going to be some silver lining at the end. Hopefully Um, I've been navigating some pretty wild mold toxicity in my body. And it's definitely been a process of, bringing me into deeper connection with my health. It's been a process, an emotional process of like feeling out of control and being like, Oh my God, I'm trying all the things. And I'm, I'm like, I love eating healthy and I love doing things to support my body. And yeah, just really navigating something that I know so many people struggle with. And it really is something that comes out in different ways for different people. Mm -hmm. For myself, it is coming through as a skin condition called eczema. And Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting because in a past version of myself, when I've had eczema for different reasons, I felt so self-conscious about it. And it really took up so much of my emotional landscape and really impacted my social life. And coming to this experience of it, I'm like noticing such a shift in how I'm relating to it because my relationship with my body and my relationship with my confidence has shifted so much to more of an internal relationship versus it being so focused on, oh my God, what are the people going to think? And I look so unattractive and how can I go out like this? And like, there are still moments for sure where I'm like, oh wow, this feels uncomfortable and I get to work through that. But it's more navigating the mindfulness around the symptoms and like not letting it take over my life. And that's really been my devotion and my commitment is like, okay, how do I show up to this with Mm. a lot of grace, with a lot of compassion for myself and also take the steps necessary to figure out how to move through this. Mm, yeah. We we just recorded a Q&A a couple of days ago that should already be live by the time this goes up where a listener asked us. It was specifically towards I have PCOS and they were just asking me about balancing hormones and dealing with hormonal acne and how I sort of ride that wave. And I would love to ask you that. I mean, you you touched on it a little bit in your in your unpacking there, but if there were like specific things that you do to like help give yourself grace and like be okay Mm. with the fact that like this is what's happening now but we're moving forward and we're pushing through because when you're in it when your body's not cooperating it could feel so it could just it feel it's so like at least for me like destabilizing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah health stuff is is really intense and most people are dealing with something in their health Mm -hmm. like so many women are dealing with like you said hormone imbalances and yeah, different kind of symptoms that really impact our everyday life. One of the things that I really work on with my clients is is feeling your emotions. And mm-hmm. in the spiritual space and even sometimes in like the therapy space, we can often get into this bypassing where we're like, mm-hmm. okay, think of something you're grateful for and think of something positive. And while those things are really important and we want to get there eventually, I think it's so important to acknowledge, like, I feel really frustrated right now. I feel really scared right now. I feel really sad right now. I feel really isolated right now. Like, what are you actually mm-hmm. feeling? Because those feelings actually are here to tell us something. They're here to teach us something. And the more that we can acknowledge our feelings and listen to them and see them as guides and messengers instead of 
pushing them to the side, numbing out, avoiding them, the more wisdom that we're able to have. And it does take a lot of courage to be willing to sit with our emotions, to be with them. And the more that we do that and honor those emotions, the more that we can come to a place of empowerment of, okay, like this sucks. It feels shitty. I get to acknowledge how I'm feeling and I'm not going to stew in this. I'm not going to stay here. Yeah. Mm. I think such a cool piece of that, believe it or not, we've had mold toxicity be an unpacking previously with another amazing healer, our friend, Jesse Mm -hmm. Israel. And I feel like the two of you both approach it in the same way. Like I love what you said, a past version of myself that has dealt Mm -hmm. with this because his experience of that also lended itself to identity formation and like, which identities were you letting go of? So that like balance between let's hold the space for the fact that this fucking sucks Mm -hmm. but let's also remember that like I'm this version of myself with these tools and this knowledge and this wisdom going through it not that past version that's Mm -hmm. such an important balance right I love that you distinguish that too that is so cool yeah super important to look at the the emotional components of our physical symptoms too Mm-hmm. And then yeah. also taking practical steps and, you know, doing the physical healing as well. Yeah, mm. totally. Thank you for that unpacking. Thank you for sharing that with us, especially health stuff. I can, I mean, these yeah. questions are already personal of us being like, what are you currently going through? But just sharing health stuff can feel so um, vulnerable. So thank you for sharing that with us. We have so many things that we wanted to dive into and talk to you about. Of course, we're here to talk mainly about masculine and feminine energies. And before just getting into even like having you explain to our listeners, like what that even means, because Meta and I have talked about it, but we haven't, we just Mm -hmm. scratched the surface. I would love to hear about your personal journey of how you even got into dedicating your work to that conversation. Yeah. It kind of feels full circle because we were just talking about health and that's really where my entrance point to this whole whole Mm. world of personal development and spirituality started. Um, Mm. When I was in college, I, well, I guess at the end of high school, I was struggling with anxiety and with depression and struggling with some mental health issues. And then that ended up translating into some physiological health issues, a lot of digestive issues, a lot of fatigue, hormone imbalance, difficulty losing weight. And, you know, I was in my early twenties and I was like, what is going on? Like, this is not normal. And per usual, I'll go to doctors and they're like, you know, like take this pill. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. but there's something deeper. There's something going on. So I found myself exploring nutrition as a way to empower myself to heal my body and became a nutritionist. And I was also an athlete growing up and was a very avid, active person. I was a dancer and an athlete. And I found myself in this place of doing all of the things and feeling like I was putting in so much effort and trying so hard, but my symptoms weren't significantly getting better. There were some improvements, Mm -hmm. but there was still like this block. And that's when I, and I had done all these restrictive protocols, like autoimmune Mm. protocols and paleo and candida cleanses and all the things. And I was like, I've taken out so many foods. And at that point I started developing a, I would say unhealthy relationship with food where I was Mm -hmm. emotionally eating because I was restricting so much. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And because of that, I started to explore a a modality or a method called eating psychology. And I got my certification as an eating psychology coach. And I learned in that program that I had been operating in my masculine energy, even my approach with nutrition, measuring everything paying super close attention to what I was eating, being really rigid with my exercise, over-exercising, and that I was not honoring the feminine aspects of intuition, listening to my body, nourishing myself, getting enough rest. Those were not existent in my reality. Mm-hmm. And so it first started by recognizing, oh, this isn't working with my health. And then it started to show up in my romantic relationship, which at that time I was married and our chemistry was not great and our polarity was really off. And I was in my masculine energy a lot of the time. 
And it was also showing up in my business. And eventually all of this culminated to a lot of burnout and Mm -hmm. a lot of depression and feeling disconnected from myself. So as I started to learn about these two energies, which we'll talk more about, it's not gender related, like masculine meaning Mm -hmm. men, feminine Mm -hmm. meaning female women. It's these energies that exist in the universe. They are a duality and Mm -hmm they exist within whatever gender you are, they exist within us. And Mm. so I realized that there was a huge imbalance between these two and recognized that I needed to start looking within and started to see how can I invite more feminine energy into my life. So that's kind of like my entry point, how I got into this work. So, so cool. Let's before I have so many things I want to say, my mind is swirling for you already. But before we get into it, let's go back to just the quick. Can you explain kind of the basics of what the difference of masculine and feminine is? We know Mm -hmm. it's not, you know, corresponding to gender identity. We know it exists in all of us. Let's kind of like define out and feel out what that looks like. The most simple terms, masculine equals doing and feminine Mm -hmm. equals being. Mm -hmm. Masculine energy lives in our mind and feminine energy lives in our bodies. Masculine energy is more logical. It's more analytical. It's structured. It's organized. It's focused. It's goal-oriented. And feminine energy is more flowy, more intuitive, more creative. And what I really want to emphasize is we need both of them. They're both Mm -hmm. significantly important. And when we are too far in our masculine, that ends up oftentimes in burnout, depression, Mm -hmm. depletion. When we're too far in our feminine, we can feel ungrounded, chaotic. Mm -hmm. We can get really anxious, feeling stagnant. So Mm -hmm. it's really about learning how to create a relationship with both of these different energies within us. And what we call is create like divine union or inner union so that we can experience more harmony. And when we do that, then we can learn, okay, when do I want to use my masculine energy? When do I want to use my feminine? And how do I shift between them in any given moment when I need to? Mm. I felt that. So, I mean, I know you were just explaining it, but I just, I just felt it so deeply, like in my bones, just being like, oh, and that's that. And that's that. And I just know that everyone listening is going to, something's going to ping for them when listening Mm -hmm. to that description. I would love for us to talk about what it looked like for you to start leaning into your feminine and how to actually be doing that. Yeah. The feminine happens when we are in being mode, which is very challenging because our society, we've grown up in a very patriarchal capitalistic society. And as women, we are often trying to prove ourselves. We are trying to be everything for everyone else. And we're trying to meet these like unattainable standards, right? And so we're constantly in this hyper productivity mode, always being always busy, always striving, hustling, etc. And when we do that, we don't take that space and time to connect with ourselves. We don't take that mm-hmm. space to be and to explore our inner landscape to slow down. So I kind of got there because I felt like I didn't have a choice. I had mm-hmm. done yoga in the past. I had tried meditating in the past, but I was never consistent with it until my soul was literally screaming at me. I had horrible digestive issues. I was waking up at 4am, super anxious. I was contemplating Mm -hmm. going through a divorce and I felt just like I had tried everything. Mm -hmm. And when you wake up at 4am and everyone else is sleeping and you don't know what to do with yourself, you, you know, like I was like, all right, I guess this is the time where I go meditate. Mm -hmm. And so I found myself daily going to sit in meditation. And as I did that, I started to really hear my intuition and started to hear my inner voice and started to slow down and tune in to what was actually going on inside of me. So that was that's the the process is really about slowing down and getting into your body, which is why a lot of people find this this avenue starting point is through yoga because yoga mm-hmm. is about that mind body connection connecting the breath to the movement getting out of the the thinking mind getting into the body is a really great place to start but there's so many different layers to it as well 
I'm reading the book On Our Best Behavior by Elise Lowen right now. Have you heard of that? No. I it's, heard of it. Oh my gosh, you're going to love it. It's kind of like a historical account of the patriarchy and how the seven deadly sins, no matter like what culture or religion you identify with, have like permeated into our culture and become lessons that women embody and take on like very much of this nature. Like, you know, like we're too gluttonous or we can't be too confident, but you also have to be demure. And the way that the patriarchy was designed to separate women from each other, because we're so powerful mm-hmm. together and couple us off one, like one woman with one man to kind of keep us separate and this whole nine, but in, in this like very pervasive and systematic culture that we live in, what would you say to someone that like has already feeling those feelings and having these pangs in this conversation, Mm. but also feels like really scared to leave responsibilities in the dust or like is a single mom or has to show up for other people and like feels like they don't have the time. Like, do you have one, just like loving words and advice and two, like kind of some favorite coping strategies or like quick tips beyond yoga, some other things that people can implement to start? Yeah, I would say that you're already taking steps like by listening to this podcast and being Mm -hmm. here right now, like you are investing time and energy to taking care of yourself. And I think so often we undermine the things that we're doing already. And we don't acknowledge that we are taking steps forward because we feel like there's not a ton of progress or we feel like there's more that we could be doing. So just like being here, listening to this, like you're choosing to do something to enhance your life in some way. I would also say that this is a process and that this isn't going to happen overnight. It's going to take time. You don't have to take the leap right away and that there are going to be phases in this process that feel confusing. There's going to be phases in this process where you're going to have more clarity and that you don't have to rush to make a decision. Now, Mm -hmm. if there are situations where you are in an abusive situation or you're in a really toxic work environment, there may be some more urgency, real life urgency, Mm -hmm. right? Outside of that, it's really navigating, working with the anxiety of like, I need to make a decision right now. And channeling that energy to what's like one thing that I can do today to connect with myself. And in my book, The Feminine Way, we I go over seven different codes of how you can connect with your feminine energy. And we start with daily devotion. Daily mm-hmm. devotion is about devoting time to connecting with your soul. And if you are doing that, minimum of five minutes a day is a great place to start But if you are spending that time with yourself, whether that's through journaling or through meditation, spending time in nature, whatever you need to do to create that sacred space of connecting with yourself, you're going to get more clarity. You're going to get start sifting through some of that heaviness and some of the the chaotic mind stuff that's happening. So it does take work. It does take devotion. But when you do that, that's where the clarity is going to come from. I love that we're having the conversation of why it's so valuable and like your book is like doing this so perfectly of why it's so valuable to have both because I mean, you know, Meadow and I, you brought it up earlier, but Meadow and I have the conversation all the time of like women are expected to just overperform in every Mm -hmm. single category. And we've just like taken that and imposed it on ourselves so much and Mm -hmm. It's so interesting because when we need to be constantly doing and we're just like in go, 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 do, do, do mentality, oftentimes, you know, I know I've had the conversation with, you know, single moms who like Meta mentioned before, like people, some people just don't feel like they don't have time, like they don't have time. And so I love that you're reinforcing the importance of A, like the simple things Mm -hmm. that we can do, simple and free things that we can Mm -hmm. be doing. Mm -hmm to make sure that we can show up in that other department because we can't keep doing, you're going to burn out. You're going to crash. It's going to happen. It's inevitable. So like get ahead of that and recognize that like that self-work is laying the foundation for you to be able to continue moving in that way. But like you need both. And I think that's something that we over, that we overlook a lot Mm -hmm. 
in this culture, just in our society in general. The word that comes to mind for me is like sustainability. Like, is this sustainable? And even if in the moment you're like, I can't slow down, there's no way I can slow down. Mm -hmm. I have way too many things to do. Mm -hmm. But if you're really checked in, it's like, okay, taking that five to 10 minutes a day to be with yourself. And if like, let's say on the weekend or other times you have longer periods of time that you can do that, but taking that time each day is going to support your energetic capacity to show up for all of the things that you need to do. Mm -hmm. And you're going to be able to show up to those things as a more grounded, focused, clear version of yourself versus just being in that like hamster wheel and Mm -hmm. being on that like chaotic energy frequency. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's reminding me of like when they tell you to put your mask on first before you help the person next to you. It's like what's what's coming out of that mask is that reconnecting with that feminine energy. Mm. I'm wondering if we could dive into like the way this polarity and balance plays on mental health issues, like whether in with your own healing or with clients you've seen, like what are some of the ways that this is coming up in mental health? And then what with different mental health experiences, like where's a good place to start to know Mm -hmm. which balance you need to lean more into? Mm, I love this question so much. And this is really close to my heart because Mm -hmm. I struggled with depression and anxiety for over a decade and really went into so many different resources and creating the space to come home to myself in this way, Mm -hmm. connect with my soul to bring compassion to the process, to create space, to prioritize myself. Mm -hmm. Like this has been the biggest change when it comes to how I approach my mental health. I've worked with clients who struggle with bipolar, who struggle with depression, with anxiety. And this act of creating space and time to connect with yourself in this way, it is self-love. Like this is such Mm -hmm. a loving act that we're doing. We're saying I'm important and I matter. And like, I get to take care of myself. I get to nourish myself. And, you know, this, this aspect of being in this sacred space with yourself is so important. So I think that when we come from more of, and I would say it's toxic masculine, like masculine energy Mm -hmm, isn't mm -hmm. always bad, Mm -hmm. like, again, we need it. But when we come from this toxic masculine paradigm that we've been in, a lot of it is about judgment and comparison and competition. And we have kind of these outdated ways of showing up in society, outdated ways of being. And there's a a deep unworthiness that gets Mm -hmm. rooted in that. And I find that a lot of mental health issues come from like, how are we speaking to ourselves? How are we Mm -hmm. relating to ourselves? How are we being with ourselves? And if we're stuck in that old paradigm and that old kind of toxic way of being, it's going to be really hard to find that inner peace and that joy and that pleasure. And that's another thing that the feminine really brings in is, can we bring in more pleasure and more ease? And when Mm. we're in that rat race and when we're just doing everything for everyone else, there's not a lot of pleasure. And so it's no wonder that we feel depressed and depleted and anxious because we're not actually enjoying our lives. And it -hmm. takes conscious effort and intention to create a life that you love and that brings you joy and that feels good from the inside. I love that you brought up that concept of toxic masculinity and like that that's not what we're talking about here because- Mm You know, I remember always saying, like, in terms of partnerships, I was always really attracted to like masculine men. And I wasn't even really sure. I wasn't really sure what that meant when I would even Mm -hmm. think that. And now with my current partner, I always say that he really redefined what masculinity looks like to me because he is an extremely hyper masculine man that is also so tapped in with his feminine Mm -hmm. energy. So I would love to see sort of, we've been talking thus far just about what it looks like to slip in and relax into that femininity, but also like, what could it look like? What is the the power in the, in the masculine and not like the toxic side of masculinity? Mm. Yeah. So masculine equals presence and it is about creating space, like a safe Mm -hmm. space to hold the feminine. I like to use the, the imagery of 
that we see in nature. Like we need the riverbed in order for the river and the water to be able to flow. Otherwise it's just Mm going to like spill over and get everywhere. Right. And so we need that structure. We need that container in order for the feminine to feel safe and in order for the feminine to be able to express her emotions. Right. Mm -hmm. And an embodied man will be expressed in his masculine energy, but he will also be in touch with his feminine. He will also be in touch with his emotions. If a man is still operating from a place of having shame around his emotions, not being connected Mm -hmm. to his own emotions, then he's not going to be able to hold space for a woman who is in her feminine emotional landscape, which we are as women, we are more feminine beings. Our emotional landscape tends, especially because of our hormonal cycle, it tends to vary more than Mm -hmm. men's emotional landscape does. And yeah, men being embodied in their masculine will be able to create that space for for a woman to feel safe, to be in her feminine flow. I love that you just continue to talk about like bringing spirit and spirituality and these sort of concepts to these like mental health classic, like hold space for your emotion conversations. Cause as the listeners know, I come from like a very traditional mental health background. And the number one thing that was the biggest conduit to my own healing that I think is like the crux of the mental health epidemic is like that lack of spirit connection. Mm -hmm. And there's like a, there's a level of like existentialism that comes in the classic psychology field that like they can't answer that you need this like hope, you need this understanding, you need this flow, you need this balance, you need this like connection to soul this deeply to get to that like deeper level of healing. Like it just, like you said, like whether it's just giving a pill or just like going to a therapist that maybe doesn't have these concepts embodied to just like talk through the ring of a roll and like continue to overanalyze over and over again, like until you bring that down to the body and feel that through Mm -hmm. and find that balance for yourself. Like I think as a collective we're still going to really feel this. So I'd love to get into a bit about if like predominantly masculine identifying people hold that space for their emotions, if predominantly feminine identifying people can find that balance between the showing up for our responsibilities and our masculine and coming back to our feminine, like how do you see this impacting the collective mm. if we lean into this more? Mm-hmm. The the ultimate masculine energy is God. It's the universe. It's source. It's like creator. And when we truly connect with the understanding that we are being held and supported by something greater, whatever you believe that is, then we can surrender. Then we can, in those really challenging moments, we can be like, okay, I know this is really hard right now. And I also know that I am being supported. I am being guided. I am held. And so I trust that I'm going to make it through the other side of this. I trust that there is something really beautiful that I'm going to learn from this that's going to help me to move through this. Mm -hmm. So without our greater connection with something greater, with a higher power, it is very hard for men and women to tap into their feminine energy because we're always going to be trying to feel safe and to protect ourselves if we don't trust that there's a greater intelligence that is guiding and holding us through the process. Mm -hmm. Mm. That's so interesting because I feel like I've always thought about source energy as being female just because like we create life and are the source of creation. So like you turning that on its head was like interesting for me to be like, oh shit, like I didn't think about that that way. Like I, that makes so much sense. And we also, I feel like Gabby and I, you and I talk a lot as predominantly people trying to live in their feminine about how that last piece of that trust, surrender and let go Mm -hmm. is like typically the most challenging Mm -hmm. for women. It's like, it's like, I feel like it's like the final boss for us. You know what I mean? That's such a key challenging piece to it. I just want to add to like the piece around, you know, the source energy being masculine in traditional cultures. There's, there's usually some type of female figure and male figure. If we look at, um, going back to kind of like traditional ancient Indian cultures, Mm. we're looking at like Shiva and Shakti right? Mm -hmm. Shakti is the feminine goddess energy, the the divine energy. And Shiva is that like masculine uh, God, like supporter energy, Mm -hmm. protector Mm -hmm. energy. So 
yeah, I, I think that we can all have our, our own relationship to, to knowing that neither, none of these concepts are fixed in place. Right. 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 And that there is a lot of feminine energy in the realm of spirituality as well in the yeah. realm of manifestation and that we, we actually yeah. need both of those energies like we've been talking about. I was wondering if you could speak to the identity aspect of this because this is like what really keeps popping up in my brain while we're talking is, you know, I was raised by a mom who is an entrepreneur. She was a single mom mm-hmm. and very much just like boss energy. And my sister and I were just really raised in that, like, take care of yourself, have your fuck you fund, like, make sure you're always like, you're, you've got no man, like has got you the way that you got you. And I really brought that into, I love feeling that in my like workspaces. Like I love feeling like a boss. I love feeling in control and like, just like showing up in that way with that presence. But I was really bringing that into every other aspect of my, like of my life and every dynamic that I had in really, whether it was friendships or, um, romantic relationships. And I always felt like there was a piece of me that just A, felt super misunderstood and B, was just kind of missing. And it wasn't really until I think I really began this journey, maybe like only like two years ago, really, where I really just admitted that like in my social dynamics, be it with friendships or in romantic partnerships, like I really wanted to just lean into my feminine and just like relax into that. And it wasn't until I started doing that and really focusing on that, that and just like being in that, Mm -hmm. that everything else sort of started to fall into place. You know, I found the partner that I'm with now and we have that really, that dynamic. And I, I, you know, I was wondering, cause some, and there's two parts to this question. Cause part one is just the identity part of like how we can sort of almost like lean into our own identities and like give acceptance towards identities more. And then later I would love to talk about like just the dynamic between relationships, what that sort of looks like. If we need mm. them both there, if we can switch on and off, like mm-hmm. who's taking on more of the masculine right now, who's taking more of the feminine, but yeah, there's a lot there. So maybe we could start with the identity. <laughs> I love, it. I love it. it all. I'm, I'm here for it. Okay, cool. So the identity piece, I like to share like what works for you in, let's say like the boardroom setting is not yeah. going to work for you in the bedroom. <laughs> like right. mm-hmm. there, that there's, there's different energetics when you are, let's say, uh, pursuing your career or pursuing your purpose or putting your energy towards something that you're like, building and you have goals and all these things. And then what it feels like when you're connecting with your romantic partner and your friendships, like they require different energies. And so one of the practices that I had to learn was at the end of my workday, taking time to drop into my feminine energy mm-hmm. because it didn't automatically happen that when I like got home or when my partner got home that I was like feeling open and relaxed and, and feeling connected to my sensuality. Like I was still very much in my head and like, okay, got to cook dinner and then got to do this and then get into bed at a certain time. And then like, there's no chemistry. There's no yumminess when you're Mm. connecting with your partner. Right. And that's, that's what we want. We want to have that, that polarity, that chemistry. So I don't think there's, there's one specific answer of like when you're supposed to be in your masculine or when you're supposed to be in your feminine. Like I said before, this energetic agility, the ability to recognize like, Oh, I feel really uptight right now. I feel really in my head. I feel like I'm not being present. I feel like I'm disconnected. Okay. That those are signs that I get to connect with my breath, that I get to mm-hmm. slow down, that maybe I need to turn on some music and dance. Maybe I need to take mm-hmm. a bubble bath. Maybe I need to chat with a girlfriend, go for a walk. Like, what do I need to do to like reconnect with myself and not just be a human doing, like doing mm-hmm. things? Yeah. So mm-hmm. there's that piece. And then a big part of my work that I love and talk about a lot is, is being a multidimensional woman. So you yeah. talked about your mom who, you know, by circumstances, mm-hmm. she did what she needed to, right? Mm-hmm. Raising two girls, single, like she did what she needed to, right? And sometimes what happens is we can get stuck in one identity of being a career woman or being a mom or being a boss babe. And we lose these other parts of ourselves and we all are multidimensional. We are, we can be 
you know, really successful, but we can also be really playful and sensual and we can, we can be really creative and we, we miss out on those other parts of our identities when we get so locked into one version of ourselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the, the tool that I love to use is this, this concept of feminine archetypes and doing archetype mm-hmm. work where we can really look at these different feminine archetypes and see, oh, there are aspects of, let's say, the the wild woman archetype where she's like unapologetic and she's kind of messy and kind of self-expressed, like I'm missing those parts of myself. So let me tap into that. Or there are parts of the maiden archetype where she's more playful and she's curious and she's spontaneous. And where can I tap into that if I'm being too serious? So this is kind of like a high level conversation about feminine archetypes, but I find that they can be really helpful to allow us to be more of who we are versus the version of ourselves that we've learned how to be from society or from our families. That's so much that you said there. One, when we were talking about like the boardroom versus the bedroom, I think about, I love this artist, FKA Twigs. And one of my favorite lines that she has is, I'm a boss in real life, so I really have to boss in the sheets. And I think that's (laughs) hilarious and kind of sums that up. But also I um, have shared a bit on the podcast about how having sex trauma really and like working Mm -hmm. through that in real time allowed me to lean into the feminine. Like I would never wear dresses or skirts and not feel feminine and like dress very masculine. And as a result of healing so much sex trauma, it one like unlocked that key piece to connecting with my sensuality, but also with like expressing that like multifacetedness more and like leaning into other styles of my wardrobe and like leaning into that energy a little bit easier. But throughout that process of me doing that, I did not lean into archetypes that deeply. And I feel like that's a really cool like up-leveling to do next of like which key archetype um, can you unlock and connect with. I recently at post the Sedona trip, we've been talking about like different goddesses and like Lilith versus, you know, whatever, whatever they are. Um, but I, I'm going to look into that now. So do you have any favorite books or resources Mm. in addition to your book to like dig into this work for people that are like new or learning about this, or maybe also come from like a sex trauma perspective or Yeah. So I have written about the seven different archetypes that I work with the most in the feminine way. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's like kind of like a, um, a synopsis of the way that I relate with archetypes and like how to actually work with these archetypes, not just like know what they are. So there's a resource that's coming your way. And there's a lot of different resources, you know, the original research on archetypes comes from Carl Jung. Mm-hmm. And of course it, it's, they're more about the universal archetypes. And then there's all these little offshoots of people's interpretations of like, what are the feminine archetypes? What are the masculine mm-hmm. archetypes? So, you know, the work, the work has evolved over time and people have different perspectives on it. But I mean, you can look on Google and see there's so many like different feminine archetypes and start to feel into, okay, which one do I feel intuitively drawn to explore more of? When sussing that out, do you have key tips for how to know when you're drawn to that from an egoic perspective versus like an authenticity perspective? Love that. There's a couple different ways to approach archetypes. One is to first approach them from you know, which archetypes am I already embodying? And I really Mm -hmm. like to, or which qualities am I already embodying? Mm -hmm. And I really like to start from that place of acknowledging that like you're, you're doing really great in certain aspects and you're really embodying these aspects. And then which ones do I feel drawn to? Because I want more of them. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if, I'm sure there is an ego aspect to it, but I think if you're doing this deeper soul work and you're coming to a place of looking at feminine archetypes, I think that you're going to have self-awareness as you're approaching this tool and checking in with yourself of like, Mm -hmm. you know, where, where is this coming from? Now, interestingly, each archetype has a has a light side and also has a shadow side. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this That's is where the, same polarity, huh? Yeah. That, this is where this is where the ego comes in, where we can start yeah. to see, you know, like 
the queen, she can be really generous, she can be really powerful, or she can be really vengeful and she can be really jealous or controlling. And so we get to take a look at, yeah, off with your head. That's how most queens are represented in in our, in our, you know, media, but yeah, when we can start to look at, okay, when this archetype is being expressed in a healthy way, here are the qualities that you will be exhibiting. Mm -hmm. When it's being expressed in its unhealthy expression or the shadow expression, here are the things that you want to look out for. So it's kind of built into the model as it is of checking your ego a little bit of, okay, what are, where are these qualities or where are these, uh, attributes coming from? Can we talk about just what I had said earlier about the relationships? I would love to hear your perspective on the dance that we may need to do in, let's say romantic partnerships of, do both need to be um, presented in both people all the time? Can Is there a dance that happens? Is that sort of a fluidity? Because something that I automatically have just been so attracted to, like just by this conversation and everything that you're saying is, I feel like a lot of times when we talk about, um, or we hear this narrative like on social media about different energies and the way that people are supposed to be in partnerships, it's very like rule-based and mm-hmm. very rigid. Mm-hmm. And like women do this men do this, especially if we're talking about, you know, like, yeah, heteronormative, like cisgendered relationships. And so I just love that automatically, like that's not how we're addressing this and Mm -hmm. it makes it more complicated that it's dance. And that's something that Mm -hmm. people don't always want to acknowledge because we want like Mm -hmm. someone to tell us what to do, but that's the reality of the world that we live in. So yeah, I was just wondering if you could speak to like that dynamic of how that presents itself and shows up and like the value in having the conversation with your partner so that you know that like you can do the dance and like you're both down to take on Mm -hmm. whatever the other one can't at that moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think even in the way that you asked the question, like there's so much wisdom in that, that it really is a dance. It's not a formula right? It's not a, okay, men do this and women do this. Like we're not going back to the fifties where we have these specific roles. And I'll even share from my personal experience when I've, you know, worked with dating coaches and worked with, you know, going through my own process of how do I want to show up in relationships? And there's all these rules like, oh, Mm -hmm. don't initiate because then they're not going to lead. And then it's like, I'm not actually being myself. And mm-hmm. so it got it can get really confusing because it can almost be more rules versus like, okay, what feels authentically true for me in this moment? And I think for every partnership, it's going to be different. And I would also say in different seasons of relationship, it may be different. For example, if someone's going through a health crisis or if someone is, you know, you're have, you have a baby or if, you know, someone has a really busy season at work and they are requiring more time to be in their masculine energy. And when they come home, they need more nurturing and need to like unwind and relax like your partner. So you're working together to figure out like what's going to best serve our relationship and what's going to best serve us individually. And this is why I always say that this work starts from within that when we can learn how to cultivate our own harmony between our masculine and feminine energy, the better that we get at that, the better that we can get at communicating that with others and then recognizing in a moment, oh, me and my partner are really butting heads right now. Like we're not on the same page or, hey, we haven't had sex in a while. Like what's going on? And then we can look within and be like, huh, how am I showing up to this? Instead of pointing Mm -hmm. fingers and being like, oh, they're not doing this or they're not taking out Mm -hmm. the trash or they're not initiating and leading. It's like, well, what are you doing? Are you being Mm -hmm. controlled? Are you, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is, overly productive and you're not relaxing? Like they can't lead if you're not, you know, leaning back. And I would say that, you know, it doesn't have to be that men are in their masculine and women are in their feminine all of the time. It is a dance. And in order for that polarity, which you can think of it as like a magnet, there's a plus sign and there's a minus sign. If both people are in their feminine or both people are in their masculine, like there's not going to be that much of a charge. So within your relationship dynamic, you get to figure out like which partner is going to be in their masculine and feminine. And sometimes you don't have to say anything. Sometimes you can shift your own energy and mm-hmm. you'll feel your partner's energy shift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the most important part of this is embodiment is like 
How are you feeling in your body? Right. Mm -hmm. And your body will always guide you. That's like the, the greatest guide is like being connected with your body of like, how is my body feeling right now? And Mm -hmm. we let that kind of guide us in that moment to moment exploration. I'm so grateful for this conversation because we even speak a lot to body image issues and eating disorders a lot on this podcast as well. And I think even people that have like a really hard time trusting their body or getting that embodied and like feeling comfortable in that space. Like, again, this is where bringing this like spirituality element to the mental health healing just pushes your healing so much further than like traditional rigid masculine structures can do like this Mm -hmm. space for nuance. And like, whether you have to, you know, I'm not saying you have to go full woo woo or like whatever people like beliefs they hold. I just think like having the openness to understand that like this exists in the universe and lean into this, like the fucking healing that comes from it. It's just like, it can't be understated. Mm -hmm. Overstated? Understated. (laughs) Overstated. You know what I'm saying? Overstated. Overstated. Let's go with that. Let's anyway, go I'm just so I'm so grateful for this conversation. I know we're like just beginning to scratch the surface, but yeah. as Gabby said, like we've spoken to this just from our own experiences on the podcast. So like having you to like really dive into the nitty gritty with us is just so helpful in our community is gonna just like I think this is gonna unlock a new level of self-exploration for our community in a major way. Yeah. When I started bringing this concept into my work, it just there's it resonates and lands for women in such a beautiful way. Like it, yeah. it, even though it's an energetic concept, like there are so many practical ways that we can start to apply this and it does offer a, another layer of self-awareness. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I think it also just gives us permission to exist more within the gray yeah. and more within the dance, which I don't think is something that we always give ourselves enough grace to do mm-hmm. to do so yeah. thank you so much for- amy thank you so much oh i'm so yeah. glad we got to meet thank you for the work that you do everybody please we will put this out when your book is coming out so everyone of course her book. Link- all of the links will be in our show notes and our description down below if you're watching on youtube but we are just so grateful for you and the work that you do and the ease in which you describe these complex conversations and yeah and things so thank you yeah. so much for being here and for taking thank the time. You. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, I'm really honored and grateful to be able to share this with your community and for everyone to read this book. It's been like two years in the making, so I'm really yes. excited for it to be out in the world. And yeah, lastly, I'd love to invite any of your listeners who would like to check out my podcast, the Feminine Frequency Podcast yes. is also another great place that you can get tapped into some feminine wisdom as well. It go on your walk at the end of the day, wind down, get embodied and put on the podcast. Exactly. exactly. That's the first easy and free way to tap into that feminine. How's it going, y'all? It's Aaron. Don't let your Monday suck. Don't have those Sunday scaries. I'm tired of everybody waking up in the week saying, ah, shit, it's Monday. You know what goes down? TMV releases every week on Mondays. Make sure you rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're watching YouTube, yes, TMV has a YouTube. Be sure to subscribe and ring that noti bell and never miss a thing. And also, join the TMV familia by joining the Thoughts May Vary Patreon and by following at Thoughts may vary pod on Instagram and TikTok. Thank you for listening. Great. There you go. Thanks, Aggie. Gotcha.